Come Andre? Come la vedi? Oh, benissimo, benissimo. Bella liscia. Dropin! Yeah, I mean that's how I came up with the nose for the for the tree surfer, uh, which basically is a crust killer. You know, I I I I hike terrible snow for two two days, riding crust, and it was just like my my balls that wasn't big enough to go <laughs> as fast as I could. Welcome to episode 22 of Dark Starts, your backcountry splitboarding podcast. In this episode, we talk with Matt Druga of Stranda Snowboards out of Sweden about how and when he started Stranda and what his ideas are regarding board shaping and splitboarding. So put down the instructions for that bookshelf and let's listen in to Matt of Stranda Snowboards. Let's drop in with Mats of Stranda Snowboards. Hey, Mats, how's your day going? Great, 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 great. I just had uh, smoked some uh, pork belly here, so I could go into a coma. Nice. So life is perfect. Nice. Just uh, chilling. You know, I, I, I try to, uh, as I'm away so much during winter, I really try to, uh, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and, and uh, so I try to be... Uh, home and be around weekends before the season starts yeah so uh you know doing stuff we, we're, we're gonna start building uh we have a a shed here behind where i have the office so we're gonna uh make that into a sauna so that's like oh. the, the last couple of weekends has been clearing out that um that shed with all the stuff, you know, I'm, I'm hoarding snowboards. Nice. So, uh, you can hoard some my way too, if you want. <laughs> so, uh, I definitely so need, we I need, cleared I need, that out. I need a bigger quiver of split boards. That's, yeah. the, that's definitely one thing. I yeah, we, 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 I can probably do you a deal. A good deal. Good deal. Good deal. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> you need to go sit in your sauna. We're we're not going to talk yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. We're my, just gonna... my wife, my wife is from Finland. Oh, that's... we've been living together for ten years, and from day one, she's just been talking about we need to get a sauna. And now, ten years later, it's going to happen. <laughs> that's the thing. Like you got you got what part of the, I don't know Scandinavian world. What's that? Well, I don't know what when you call yeah. Sweden. Yeah. That part of the world's got it all figured out. You guys are way more calmer than we are. Hey, uh, uh, are we are we doing the pod now, or 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 are we just chit chatting? We, no, we got to get your I got to get your last name down, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, we're just bullshitting yeah, right I mean, now. I just, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so I know if I'm I, if I have to like 
So I'm not saying anything stupid. And will you will use it against me? Dude, later on? use <laughs> say stupid shit. That's what this is all about. You can swear whatever, ah, man. Just be you, dude. Yes, that's what that's that's the yes, same thing. Yes, man. kidding. Yes, kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Fuck. We, Matt, we are recording, but 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 yeah, of course you are. We're we're always recording, but we're not. Yeah. Uh, what we're not doing right now is we are not in the body of the podcast you'll know when we get there because chad will introduce you that's why i asked how we say your last name yeah 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 yeah. so druge i druge. say druge 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 no yeah. r at the end druge druge no r druge druge okay yeah. matt's druge yeah but i'm, I'm swedish so i mean i don't know matt's matt druge <laughs> of Matruga of yeah. Strata yeah, yeah, yeah. Snowboards. Stranda. Stranda. Yeah. I keep saying Strata. I know. What do, I, do I have to write it on the you board? You got to write it on the board. All right. Got to write it on the board. I'm just looking through your website right now. I'm, you've got On the Bite. What's that? Your power. It's not very clear. Not very We're going to want to go through a little. So what we're going to do is we're going to find out. Gonna, this is the concept of what we're going to do here. We're going to go through why you fell in love with snowboarding. Why yep. Matt's fell in love with snowboarding, and then why you started your own company, and then get into splitboarding, and uh, from there we'll kind of how how many times do you get out a year? What's in your backpack? You know what's in the future for you guys? Well, we can talk about your boards, your splitboards. Why are your splitboards better than the next splitboards, or what's unique about them? I don't know about better, but what's unique about your splitboards, right? So we'll kind of go yeah. down that path, promote you guys as much cool. as possible. Let let North America know why Stranda boards are good. Um, you know, because everybody's. I have a quiver of snowboards for a reason because every snowboard out there brings something unique to the hill. That's the yeah. beautiful thing about snowboarding nowadays. Matt's Druga. Druga. That's it? Am I saying it right? Druga? I don't know. I mean, whatever. Druga? We're, we're, yeah, Druga. that's fine. Yeah, You're good. You're good, Matt's, Chad. Matt's Druga I'm good. of Stranda I'm good. Snowboards. I'm good. You're fucking I'm, great. I'm You're fucking You're rocking. fucking great. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, humble being on your podcast. You can call me whatever you want. Dude, we're humble to have you on. Like, every guest we get, we're like, this is actually going to happen? Wow. Yeah, we're blown <laughs> That's away. That's how we are. <laughs> how, 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 what, what got you started this podcast? I mean, it's pretty fresh, isn't it? It's, you know, so podcasts, podcasts, I don't think are super fresh because I've definitely been listening to podcasts for 10 years. <clears throat> yeah. Chad and I both love podcasts. We both just do a lot of listening. I've had sales jobs for the last 10 years where I do a lot of driving. And I just got yeah. sick and tired of listening to the same old fucking Music. Howard Stern or whatever, you know, and and just got into the podcast world and just love to listen to podcasts. And whatever I like to do as a hobby, I like to listen to as far as podcasts. So like dirt biking and snowboarding and splitboarding. But there was no splitboard podcasts. And then fucking yeah. COVID came around and both Chad and I ended up without jobs and lots of time. And we were just bullshitting and talking about getting out into the backcountry. And then Chad said, uh, well, what really happened is Chad said, hey, let's go do some backcountry riding. So I said, sure, man. I said, do you have your av your avalanche training and do you have any of the equipment? And he doesn't. And he didn't have everything. So I declined to go into the backcountry with him until he got that training. And then Chad said, you know what, man, let's fucking start a podcast. I said, dude, we yeah. don't, we're not experts. We're, we're both rookies when it comes to backcountry. And he's like, that's perfect, man. That's exactly why we want to do a podcast. We want to talk to the pros, take the knowledge from them, learn more ourselves, and share it with the world. 
So that's how we ended that's, up starting this podcast. That's super. And now I'm now we're eyeballs deep in, and it's like holy shit, this is another job. We've we've been publishing episodes starting in what June, July first, July first, yeah. first yeah. week of July. Yeah. So we've only we've only been publishing episodes since the beginning of July, and we're fucking yeah. what we got eighteen that we've dropped so far. And yeah, and we recorded. You're number twenty two right now I and mean, we've got 30 guests like 30 guests already lined up and booked wow so yeah we're That's definitely we're, i mean for for every for every guy you're talking to you're breaking into a new uh new uh, sort of territory well it's, you know? it's called it's called leverage his, his his guys they're gonna they're gonna start listening to you and so on and so on it's just building it's leverage you know? yeah it's gonna be yeah. yeah, it's going to be huge in yeah. a year. Oh yeah, we'll be at a hundred thousand. We'll be at a hundred thousand in no time. It's it's a lot of work, but it's so much fun at the same time. And fucking Chad is a monster when it comes to Instagram no, and no, promoting no. this. Just he hunt. is fucking killing it. I'm He's just got, starving. Yeah, but social media, I, th- I think it's fun, and I think I think uh, like when I'm looking at some some uh, like independent snowboard shops. And you see how they are like, you guys, you are like creating stuff and expanding. Yeah. And if more shops knew how to work and expand and mm-hmm. and take, like creating their own voice. Yes. They can grow their business. Yes. Because now they are all like, oh, we are, we are you can see that like you, when you're traveling, you see like you have these brands. They're the same in all the shops. Yeah. And then they're online as well. Yeah. And they, they, they have this because, oh, it's a well-known brand. But if they spend like uh, like a couple of more hours and some more thinking, they could sell more, earn more, and also creating something unique. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing with, with social media. It's such a powerful tool if you do shit. Yeah. If you just... Yeah. If you don't do anything, it's just useless. Absolutely. And it's, it is it is and, the way of the future. I and mean, it is how you need to look at your business now, right? Yeah. I mean, it is it the the madmen days of advertising companies and all that shit is almost gone entirely, right? Well, it's, magazines it's, are dying are dead. Magazines are dead. Uh, everything's yeah, on social I, media. I think the only I don't think the only thing that really counts now when it's print, it's the the uh, preseason uh, oh, like buyer's guide, hardware, hardware, buyer's guide stuff. Buyer's guide. Yeah, that, but, the, but that shit, I think, will continue to be around for a long time. I don't. I think. It's I think a you nice can... way to 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 get everything together in like one book. And yep. Chad, before you say what you're going to say, because I know what you're going to say, <laughs> don't forget how we met. You being a skate rat or a rat in a shop. I mean, that's where the lookbooks and and that shit that Matt's is talking about goes in, right? Well, yeah. Like, no, I don't disagree with you. I just think a, a Transworld snowboarding magazine for ten dollars is a little excessive, and that's what was going on, and that's why they lost. They're, they're gone. Yep. But but the free yeah, mag, yeah, yeah. the free magazines or the magazines that are twenty bucks for a year, like Snowboard Canada's one, and then King Snow, where it's like, you know, you're paying ten twenty bucks for the year. But they're getting advertisements and they're making sure, and then the shops are getting them to give them away for free. But there's marketing and stuff in them. Those are key. Like to have your boards and all that stuff is key. But the the the, the model went was wrong. Snowboard magazine's model was wrong. What they did, and I'm sure you're aware of this, is that they would, 
if Stranda decided to pay 100,000 bucks for the year for advertising, you can have four riders constantly in pictures. But if Stranda didn't pay any money, you don't get shit. I know. Like, I know. That's I the, mean, that's a that's, wrong, that's, that's the, why, that's why the fucking snowboard market imploded mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. Yep. Because they were, they were so focused on park riding and they were like in an echo chamber, mm-hmm. an echo chamber where no like normal kind of riding existed. Mm-mm. Like just riding, mm-hmm. fucking doing turns, mm-hmm. riding powder, hanging with your friends. And just like a thing like keeping up when you're riding with a group, you're like four skiers and three snowboarders. And the, the fucking snowboard business was just peddling twin tips, which yep. were noodles. Noodles. And you couldn't keep up with your, with your pals. So what happened? They, they traded in their snowboards and got skis instead. And all this was, I think, cause of this fucking echo camber yep. where you had the snowboard magazines not not opening up for uh, alternatives because they had a business model and the snowboard manufacturers were all into sponsoring park pipe jib things mm-hmm. and it's sort of just like just you know killed it yeah, well, you know, that's the way I see. And here, that's the way I see. I'm going to echo what that's you're. I see. I'm going to echo what you're saying because all I've ever learned was how to ride park, and then I moved out west where there's bigger mountains, and I learned how to carve. As the board started changing, as the manufacturers started making snowboards that can actually carve, you can actually ride. And another thing as well is that people look at snowboarding videos. The snowboarding videos in the '90s that I used to watch, I could do what those guys were doing. Now, yeah. now, like in, and then in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, after 2010, you're watching these guys do fucking crazy inverted shit. And you're like, I could never do that. And then now that separation becomes where the average person who's brand new snowboarding goes, uh, I can't do that. It's not even, but if you dumb it, if not dumb it down, if you make it simple, everybody can relate, then they're going to do it and they're going to follow you. They're going to watch you. They're going to want to buy your boards because you're, you're relatable. If you're not relatable, they'd be like, fuck that. That's insane. Right. That's and that's the yeah. and that's what you just said in other words. But same thing. People were focused, 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 push, push, push the the uh, the industry. You know, people like you know uh, Sean White with a private half pipe in Silverton. You know, probably half a th- about hundred thousand dollar half pipe, and he gets it to himself to push the envelope to win gold. Well, f- man, who who gets that? Nobody gets that. That's one in one in a billion people get that kind of opportunity. So how do you, how can the average person ride like that? You can't. That's why half pipes are dying because it's like it's ridiculous. It's bigger, huger. Yeah. You know, three turn, three spins upside down, ten eighties, fucking eight, fourteen forties. It's like this is insane, man. It's video game shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. stuff I played yeah. with. I played video games and uh, played snowboard or uh, what is it called? Um, uh, Xbox when they had 1080 come out, which is back in the early two thousands, oh, yeah. and it was like holy shit, this guy can spin seven times, like. And that's where, because the kids are watching it, so kids can do it. That's kind of the crazy evolution of it. But yeah, us old guys, it's like, no, I just want to carve, go fast, hit pow, enjoy a yeah. big powder, do some drops, do a little bit of method, a little indie air, a little, little roast beef between the yeah. legs, and just have some fun, right? Yeah. Chicken salad. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, Canada had some really good 
riders and small like Bruce Warsaw, who's running coiler snowboards, just doing custom shapes, super good carving boards, and Chris Pryor, rest in peace. Mm. Uh, I mean, those two guys, I think, were holding up the edge hold, you know, mm-hmm. really, literally, when well, everything else was just, you know, noodling, skinny, skidding around, and they, they just were cranking out high-quality yeah. boards with good edge hold, yeah. and they weren't confined to this, oh, I need to be around 150, 160. They could do like a 168 or 175, you know, boards, you know, tailored for certain kind of guys, riding types, that shit. And, and uh, so Canada has like, uh, for me, and uh, and uh, one one big influence on me was Mark Fawcett, which I think mm. is one of the yeah. greatest riders I've been reaching ever. out to him. Trying, I mean, I'm trying to get him. I've been trying to reach out to get him on the podcast. He's he works. He owns a uh, a shop in Nelson. Well, he's part owner of a shop in Nelson, BC called Tribute. And I remember yeah, him. Yeah, I, yeah, me- I remember yeah. him as well with 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 Sims on his hard boots, just just charging it. Because when I used to work for Coup Sport, we used to we we used to sponsor JC James JCJ Anderson. He rode for Burton, yeah. and those two guys were going yeah. head to head all the time. So we were always talking about waxes yeah. and stuff like that. With him, I was anyways. So yeah, I know who Mark Fawcett was because he was always on the radar. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, his, his yeah, riding. Yeah. I mean, my, my first my first board ever, uh, which I thought out was uh, Chris borrowed me a 198 Sims Burner Split Tail Race Board, Super G, uh, super G Board. Oh. But it was it was branded prior, and he told me, yeah, I made I made his boards. They were, they were branded Sims, but it was, I made boards. I, anyways, this, this like, I was, think, I was in a basin mm-hmm. in Colorado and I was on this board and I was thinking, I'm going to kill myself, but <laughs> I need to just experience riding a 188, like, I don't know, 30 meter side cut board. Holy and this strange thing was, I could turn this, yeah. you know, as soon as I hit like 70 kilometers an hour. It was just like riding a magic pillow. The split tail was like bending. It was so grippy and bending and, and nice and flowy. So I was thinking, hmm, it's this, this split tail thing is a good idea. Yeah. So I made a, a wider 182 split tail with like a much tighter side cut. And I had a board which I could crank and do super tight turns. But at the same time, it was like the edge grip was unbelievable because with a split tail, with how hard you ever pushed the board, mm-hmm. the tail was still trailing behind you. It wasn't skidding out. It wasn't like oh, loading yeah. up. I know what you mean. And yeah. get like, you know, it didn't lo- you didn't lose your edge. It was always trailing behind you. And it was just an amazing board. And and, and I, I, I called my, my, my brand, which wasn't really a brand, Alpine Punk. Because riding Alpine... <laughs> In the late 90s, early 2000, that was fucking punk rock, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's like where where the roots of Stranda is, is riding on the edge, and doing nice turns. Yeah, I and I agree that uh, well, when I, I I took a board, I never had a swallowtail before, and I um I have this Libtech Birdman. It's a 159. It's it's reverse cambered. 
and I had fun with it in the pow. Like it's a lot of fun. Riding it in hard pack is a whole other world. Um, the reverse camber, I'm not used to the edge contact being in the middle of my feet versus, you know, at the contact point at the top of the board, right? Edge to edge. Yeah. So I'd wipe out. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? This thing's a piece of shit. I'm on a ride. Like I haven't fallen making turns. Anyway, so I figured it out how to do it. I, you know, change your mindset. And then I went to my buddy who owns a shop in town, your dark flavor. And uh, I'm like, man, let's just cut the fucking tail. I have no problems. I've been looking at these uh, Karua boards and they've got these asymmetric tails on them, right? For goofy or regular. So I'm a goofy foot rider. So I cut it and I cut it with a crazy kind of little bit of a lip or a bit of an extension on the, on the, on the toe edge for me. Yeah. And then I went riding pow and holy shit. Like I could feel that, that tip, that tail literally like dig and you can, it initiates that curve carve even more in pow where you, instead of just that, yeah. that slide out, no, it like, like you're saying it, it does that in hard pack is the same thing as it does in, um, on the pow, right? That swallowtail will literally guide you like a rat, like a ru- rudder, rudder, rudder. And, uh, yeah. it was a game changer. Like, and then I rode uh, another board I've got is another a Burton fish as well. And it's got a smaller yep. one, but it's got a rocker technology, like rocker uh, shape in the core. So again, when you step on yep. the back, your nose comes up, right? Again, uh, like you said, the, the, the swallowtails are way undervalued with riding even hard packed versus pow. And then even in pow, you get even more control. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just the way how you distribute. Also, when you have a, a, a split, not, I'm not talking about a swallowtail. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about a split tail, mm. which could be like 20 centimeters deep or something. Oh. I, I, but it's just, just so you, you are, that's the thing happens also with a torsional flex. Yes. Because you're not, you're not, you're not pressuring the outer edge. You're having like the edge will will be uh, straight all the way out. So it's, it's really. I know, uh, I know what you mean. I get it. Because I've I've yeah. uh, I, when I was working for Coo Sport and we had these new boards come out, we made these core super tart, super stiff core, but there was no rigidal 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 no <laughs> torsional rigidity. That's it, and it didn't yeah. have any of that. So here I was, this little yeah. kid, you know, young guy going to. Uh, I had a broken wrist at the time, half pipe accident, and I'm doing little messing around the resort and I go to do a half cab. So just, you know, switch right backwards and I catch my edge cause there's no rigidity. I can't, I can't flex the board and I broke my collarbone and I was like, man, these things are yeah. way too stiff again with a yeah, bit yeah, of, yeah. with yeah. what you're talking about, that wouldn't have happened because it gives you that ability to kind of like yeah. lean in a bit and kind of butter and catch yourself. Right. Cool. Cool. So when did you start snowboarding? I started, I, I'm a late bloomer. I started in uh, the mid-90s. Uh, I, I started skiing five years old. My, my stepdad was a ski teacher uh, from Norway, Sweden. I grew up in Gothenburg, which is uh, on the west coast of Sweden. It's a big, was a big harbor and ship, shipbuilding mm. city. Uh, my, so favorite, my, came, it, my favorite scuba diving regulators come from there. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, what's the name? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, but he came from northern Sweden. So every time we were off school, we went up. I skied. That was the only thing I did. I was dreaming about ski skiing in 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 you know winter time at home in Gothenburg. So, uh, and I didn't get on. I didn't get on any kind of snowboard thing. 
I was skateboarding from like 76, but I'm, I was always like, you know, not really like the, the type who was good at doing aerials and stuff. So I started more like slalom skateboarding, pumping, doing gates, that kind of skateboarding thing going fast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so snowboarding, the freestyle thing, which I saw wasn't really like hitting me, but sitting in the chairlift in like 94 or something in Italy, I saw this guy carving the craziest fucking Euro carves I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. I mean, his whole body was like scraping the snow. So after like two, two runs, I caught up with him and I was like, man, what are you doing? This is fucking unbelievable. What are you doing? Oh, and he pointed me down in the village there in, in Val Gardena in, 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 uh, in Italy. So I, I like 11 o'clock, I had uh, uh, like 18 centimeter wide uh, day glow alpine board on my feet, <laughs> standing like in the narrowest stance you can ever imagine, probably like 55, 60 degree angles. <laughs> Holy I shit. took the I took the chairlift up to the top of the mountain. I was up like after lunch, was all bumped up. You can imagine. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine what happened. Oh yeah. I was absolutely. so beat up. Oh yeah. I was so beat up. I couldn't move. But I couldn't like let go. I just had this image. I want to do that kind of turns. Yeah. So next day I was up in the kiddie slope and you know, four days later I could start linking yeah. you know, turns on this little contraption I was on like 150 day glow alpine board and uh so that's like where i'm coming from i always been like obsessed about turns if it's like on the groomers or if it's in powder i just i just want to put my board on turn and feel the g's pull the g's yeah, you know yeah well, so can... that's what that's where the strand roots are like you know and I can Turning. see that I can see that even your splitboard line, like I'm looking at your side cuts, and you got a like it's deep, like that. Those boards will rail. You will get on that car at that turn, and you will carve hard. You can see it. Your uh, your noses are set, like you got a lot. Your set your um, noses are long. Your contact points are set back, but you got a lot of it side cut, which allows for good easy turning, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think I mean, whatever you're doing. I mean, if it's if it's powder or if you're traversing uh, an exposed uh, part mm -hmm. where falling isn't an option, or you're just getting on like ice, yeah, and you just want to, you know, go go down the fall line on edge, feel safe. You need edge grip, totally. and uh, so I mean, both on both on on uh, on. Um, so even on a split board, I think good good edge hold is like mandatory if you're not just doing like a little side country, driving trees, mm -hmm. deep soft snow. Then I think it's no, you know, you can do go. Then it doesn't really matter. You yeah, know, you're, you're, you're when you're skinning up, you're more or less using your split board as a snowshoe. Yeah. And when you're riding down, you could do it good, really good with a power surfer. You know. It's, yeah. It's just like that's not really where the terrain is, but, but coming from Europe and the kind of uh, some parts 
we have a lot of freeze melt freeze cycles uh which could like you know you could have bulletproof mm -hmm. uh, uh conditions for like weeks and if you come and if when you are down in the alps we have a kind of terrain which you don't see very often in north america i think and it's also rideable it's not like when i've been in the rockies sometimes like yeah, we can't go ride why oh it's too dangerous you can't go anywhere oh, like in the open the open terrain because you will killed in an avalanche we can ride more uh more like uh, uh radical terrain here uh and that also creates another kind of shapes and types of boards which are conducive to to where when you can ride 2000 verticals in like march you can ha you you have like like your first 2 300 verticals could be as wind blown ice oh, yeah, but it's yeah. no fun you just have to go through this that's right and then you go into your little powder bowl and you have like 5 6 700 meters of amazing like you know powder yeah and then you get to lower elevation and maybe you're getting down into the resort so everything is shocked up it's it's heavy snow because it's warm yeah and and you have to go through the shocked up heavy snow as well so you need to have boards which are like can handle all this you know ice powder shocked up and uh, and uh, and like so that creates another kind of uh, thinking, and we also have like areas like in uh, around Sestriere, Sercevalieva area in Italy. We have the Alberg area in Austria, where you where you come out and you have like one kilometer of you can go anywhere. So I mean that's why I do a board which is two meter because. There is like there is no trees, there is nothing. You can just go in warp speed, you know. <laughs> I'm in. That's beautiful. I'm in. Well, that's, that's so, and that, ex so that's that where, explains that's, a lot about strata snowboards. And um, when you look at the shape, it makes a lot of sense right there. So I mean, they work super good. Uh, I would say in 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 any kind of terrain, but I also have shapes. Not we're talking about the the. Uh, the uh, the solids I have a Nalo for instance which mm -hmm. is 177 he has has a uh, long rocker 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 nose mm. 40 meter entry side cut with a reverse in the nose of outside that 9 in the center and 12 in the exit that board is like just made to to like you know any skier with fat skis on you will just they will just be behind you you know in your rooster trail mm -hmm. with that board where you have space for it. Yeah. But you won't take that into to the Thai trees in Japan. You will kill yourself. Oh, you'll be eating So, I mean, trees. it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, you you, you, you build, you, so, so, like, I try to, I try to create boards where you can say the shorty, for instance, it's a board which is like a quiver killer. That board could handle anything. Well, like the December, my new directional free ride board, those two boards models are like you can ride anywhere anything all together and then you have like the, the narrow which is more like wide open spaces going fast gnarly terrain trees no but not as long as it's not trees like a two meter 
the Trinity Cheater, which is fantastic when you have like the space for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so it's like I try to create special boards as well. You know, so you can quiver boards. Yeah. Well, I like your I like the shorty black or BLK. I'm liking that one. I like the shape of that. I like the nose, the nose and the tail. <clears throat> definitely a power board. You can definitely look at the that that nose definitely sticks out a lot. So you can definitely keep afloat. And now, and now that one. What's the core on that one? What kind of core is on that? I mean, I come from. I'm come as I told you. I come from the west coast of Sweden, and and from from where I've spent all my summers on Urust. It's a uh, like since the Vikings. It's a boat building. Uh, yeah. thing there you yeah. know you have sh- small boat builders not not shipyards boat builders which been building fishing boats and smaller boats so, so I always had like this affinity for for wood hanging out there and seeing those, those old guys work and ash is like plentiful out there on Urust mm. and ash is like the base of all stranda boards ash is 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 a is a is a, is a a type of wood which has uh, a tensile strength 2.2 times poplar, for instance, which oh, is wow. like the most common type of wood. So you can bend this board, this wood, and it doesn't break. And it has, uh, uh, because it's dense, it's the, the, the specific weight of, of, of ash. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, oh, this is like a heavy wood. But you can, you can, you can, uh, you can have a thinner slice of of uh, ash. So when you're like taking everything to account, uh, it doesn't make a, a, a heavy board, but it makes a board which is damp in a nice way. Mm. Not damp in, it's like in dead when you're using like titanol and you get this sort of dead feeling. Yeah, It's just like a nice dampness. It's an organic material which which just like uh, makes you really don't need to compensate when you use cheap, lightweight, shitty, fast-growing lumber. You have to compensate yeah, with other stuff. by adding composites. You yeah. know, yeah. like oh, we have this, we have that. I mean, strandas are basically just a triex glass fiber layup with really good wood, where you where you profile the core so it. It just like corresponds with a side cut, and you know that's it. No, some carbon string is here and there, but basically it's just like organic materials shaped with a side cut. That's it. Good wood. Good wood. There you go. Craziness. Hey, Matt. Can I can I ask you really quick? What is the origin of the name of the company? Oh yes, I was actually thinking that. Astranda is. It's it's like means beach, or like driving your your bo- boat or something, all the way up to the beach. So uh, and it's also a place in Norway, which happens to be one of my favorite places, which has a bitching side country free ride <laughs> terrain. It's like nice. right out to the Atlantic, so you get this kind of could rain, and next day you have like forty centimeters of powder just <sighs> dumping down. You know, and uh, so it's, it's, yeah, 40. I mean, it's a great place. And there is no big cities around, so there's no no weekend crowns. 
So it's it's a great place. So uh, I mean, it's like sort of surf, sort of you know, a homage to uh, to uh, to to this little village, Stranda. Beautiful, nice. So, what made you think about getting into snow building your own snowboards? I know you kind of talked about it a little bit. You rode some boards, and what what made you take the leap? Yeah, I mean, as 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 uh, I started. Uh, my first sort of model uh, was this uh, Sims burner sort of knockoff where I just did a tighter side cut, kept the ID with a with a split tail, and uh, made it wider so you don't have to ride it with crazy bindings. But it was still a board for riding with the hard boots. Right? It wasn't a race board. Because the race boards were all tailored for like a special type of like small slalom, giant slalom. Right. So the side cut was like standard. But this was like a board to surf groomers with. And I couldn't find anything which was really like conducive to the kind of riding I was looking for. So basically it was just because I wanted uh, a board that fitted me. I was frustrated. You know, all you, all you could, <laughs> like, around that time, you just had, like, these twin tips, which were more or less, I think, now I'm, now I'm sort of exaggerating a bit, but it was like the, the jib, the jib thing was super, was super big, taking off duck stance, wide duck stance, that kind of riding style. It, uh, it was like a time where I think the, the, Probably like it was only like the was hard to find something which was like good for carving because the boards were super narrow and short and stiff and uh, nothing to like really just you know you see a banking you pick up speed and you crank a nice high speed high uh, heel side turn mm -hmm. drag your hip in the snow. And find a ne ne next feature to carve on. Right. That kind of like flowy surf style and carving. And, and, and that comes from, I, I, I made a, a, a trip to Colorado in, uh, around that time. And I, I, I met a group of like old guys in the lift. And they were like, they want to hang with us, of course. So I, I, and those guys were like stopping at this, at the, at the start of the, there's like fields of groomer in Aspen where we were. Mm -hmm. No people because it's just rich people and no one can afford to go there. So yeah. if you stay cheap, you can ride so much good terrain there. Anyway, so they were st stopping like a surf lineup, waiting. And then everyone took off one at a time and did a nice stop down below. And everyone was hooting and hollering. And I could see the riding style was so influenced of, from surfing. They were all right on, on carving boards with hard boots, but they had like this surf style carving, as they called it. And, and uh, it turned out there were like former world champions, Joe Cabell and Mike Doyle and, and the Sparky owns uh, Rainbow Sandals and those guys. And, and they were like 15 years older than me. And they were, were like so stoked on just this kind of like surf style carving. And that's where, uh, that was like 
the next thing that really got me going because I wanted really perfect boards who were like to- long longitudinal, soft so you can bend the boards, but but torsionally stiff so you had a good edge shoulder, and you could really like ride, you know, just press the boards and do super tight turns or let the boards go and do big turns, and just like yeah, I'm. Stop me if I'm talking too much, but you know I'm, I'm getting <laughs> never fired up here. You're stoked. It's all good. So, so, uh, uh, so this is like the two things that really got got me into this. So, and I called my brand. I had a, I start. I, I for fun. I, I I branded this like Alpine Punk mm-hmm. because uh, all the park rats hated the kind of riding I was doing. They thought it was lame. <laughs> you know, turning. Right. That's lame. Yeah, because they don't so, they don't so, turn; they just shuffle. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah when, so, so I figured I figured out that 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 uh, being in the mainstream that was riding, you know, a twin tip, and uh, and being in the park, and riding hard boots that was punk rock. And when uh, when did you start Alpine Punk? Uh, it was two thousand. I was I wouldn't say I started Alpine Punk. I mean I maxed out on like forty boards one season. Uh, so I mean it was like a micro, 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 micro brand. Sure, sure. Uh, so two thousand three, I think I had the first um, first board out under the Stranda banner or Alpine Punk. No, no, no Alpine, Alpine Punk. Punk. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, and it was just. Uh, but you know, so so uh, and and uh, and after like four years or something of you know, I figured out it's kind of boring. You know, you just meet the same people, and <laughs> and I got more and more into uh, free riding, and uh, I went to Japan and had some terrible experience riding my one ninety two twin tip big mountain Ooh. board between the tight trees. Uh, so I, 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 uh, I got down to Tarotamai's place and, uh, borrowed a little 147 Gentum stick, which was like super conducive to riding, you know, blower powder in tight trees. Oh yeah. Uh, so I got like a taste for another kind of, uh, type of riding as well, you know, so. And then, you know, like you guys started this pod because you, you the COVID-19 came and like everything closed down. So 2012, my, my, my company went bankrupt. I lost like everything almost. And I had, you know, what, what the fuck am I going to do? And my wife told me, Matt, you were always happy. And you're always happy when you're talking about snowboards. Maybe you should do that. You know, I have a very, very intelligent and, and wise wife. As you very. Can hear. I'm the same way. Yeah. That's when I feel best. Yeah. Talking and watching <laughs> snowboarding and snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and, and, uh, and I had like a computer full with, with shapes and IDs and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, this was, so, like after a year or something, I I popped out two two carving for soft boots, you know, soft boot carvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was 2016, 
And uh, uh, I, I was like, and then by this time, like when I was riding alongside the park in soft boots, but still carving, the kids came up and asked, wow, fuck, how are you doing that? You know, <laughs> let, me, let me break out the phone next time, you know, come down here. And I just want to, you know, and all of a sudden I was like just getting this feeling, yeah, carving is cool again. Mm-hmm. It's like something had turned around. And all of a sudden, I could see like people really want. People are looking for boards which rides good. And I started developing uh, this bottom shape, which I have sort of on, like the shorty, the tree surfer, the bow rider, and the nalo, which basically is a short sort of semi-low, like four, six millimeter camber height between bindings going out outside the insert packs and then rising in the nose. Uh, so at the wide point, it's really like lifted up. So you can, and the same sort of thing in the tail and this, and with a short tail and you, you could, I could, you could really have, you could really ride this board good on, with foot you put on edge, you have a full fucking contact length in from white points but when you're riding it flat or you're riding powder trees it feels like a much much shorter board and this was riding so amazingly good that i i had it on ispo on the big big sports fairware i got a little wall i i i i hired a uh what is it like six feet wide wall space where i hang my two board my two models and some some shops stopped by i got some orders and i started you know feeling yeah this is it's growing so i was what the fuck i i i i packed my t4 camper full of boards and i i drove like three weeks non-stop hanging with riders and uh, visiting shops showing my boards and uh you know just plugging away and um, trying to get some traction and and uh, and uh, so you're, you know, you're a one man show one man show yeah, taking care yeah, yeah. of this yeah. yeah 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 and and the and the cool thing is with snowboarding where it's at now I think is that there is so much enthusiasm mm-hmm. that people you know like I can't be at that demo you know, test thing. Oh man, I could do that for you. It's yeah. a lot of that sort of helping each other out, helping each other out, yeah. helping each other out, a camaraderie, a brotherhood of, of, of snowboarding thing coming back now. Just like when I started skateboarding or when I played in punk bands, like, ah, you're a punk rocker. We're friends. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's coming back to that again. That's exactly yeah, what, uh, and, and, one of our episodes, uh, 10 with Ken Ockenbach, he talks about that. He's like, hey, man, you snowboard? Fuck, let's be friends um, because no one else is doing it. And that's, it's coming back. I'm seeing the market change. I'm seeing people collaborating, getting a lot of these uh, shaper summits that Rob Kingwell puts on. It's happening where, where other brands, large brands, small brands, microbrewery places, in a sense, are coming together, trying to other's boards out, sharing information, making this, this sport better, not saying, hey, man, get away. You can't see what our boards look like next year because you don't want to steal our technology. That's what it was like in the 90s. And now I feel like everything's going – 
it's 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 not a, not a 360 i think it's a 540 we've all done circles but now we're going in a whole new direction where we're all helping each other out a lot more uh, well the manufacturing yeah 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 and and i mean it's it's definitely not a uh an age thing even because no. you have guys like 50 plus guys like me who are coming up and and want to sh- take take part of what what i'm doing and sharing their ideas and and we are like so it's like it's like generation you know i can i can i when i camp on like the countertop glacier with my my camper van there are guys from like 60 to 20 but we are all snowboarders mm-hmm. and i think that what's happened is like bound like this very just like snowboarding has 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 uh, gone down to such a level now that it's just like getting back into shape again, I think. Sorry, we just wanted to take a second there because we had a we got a weird sound in the background. We got a tap, just wanted to... a tapping going on. Are you hearing that? I think it's our booms. Anyways. I can't hear it. Is it from me? No, it's us. <clears throat> so let me ask a question right now. You got it marked? Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start getting into split boards and why why did you make a, a strand of split board? Uh, uh pretty obvious, you know. I I there was so much good terrain. Yeah. Which I couldn't reach. Exactly. I had snowshoes. I hated snowshoes. M- mis- I did. Misery slippers we we we've learned to call them that now. Misery slippers. Yeah, I mean, I had one of those early Burtons where where they had their own own stuff. I think it was like 99 2000 or something. Okay. Uh which I I I had out a couple of times, but it, it wasn't really like uh doing it for me. So uh I went back to I went back to to snowshoeing and and like Seeing you come over at, at a top, and then you see you have a, a flat or a, or like a really small gradient, and you just have to walk down there with your snowshoes. I mean, it's such a stupid idea. I mean, s- s- splitboarding is just the way to go, definitely. There's no question. So then, how did you take? Like, I see your boards are really progressive with the way that you got your. Um you got a notch in the tail for the skin and you've got a hole in the front, I guess another notch as well to put your skin through. So explain a little bit of where that came from. Where did you get that brainchild? Uh, I know other a, people a friend do. Of mine, Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. What were you about to say? Oh, no, I've noticed a couple other brands doing somewhat similar stuff as well, but where did you get your idea of doing it from? I mean, uh, I work with a, with a, with a guide who's also a shop owner in Italy and he uh, he was one of the first to get the shorty. We just made it in one length first, 169. And the first thing he did was uh, drill a hole, two holes to attach the skins. Right. And and it, it took a pictures of it and said, that's should try this. So I did the same. I drilled my, my board, tried it, and I mean for a board with so much nose rocker as you have first thing so much nose rocker yeah on uh, uh, it it's not makes sense having a, a weight of a skin coming up all up there and the second thing is it's so convenient i mean sometimes you you want to 
put your skins on, put your board together, get in the gondola because you're going to do some side country. Or if you're, if you're a guide and you have your clients and you know the thing we're going to do is you're just going to get there and then we're going to just start skinning immediately. You can have the boards put together so they are, stay together and you get, to the, get out of the car and uh, the skins are on and people can start skinning immediately. And it's, it's so easy to, to, uh, uh, to put on. And I mean, it's, it's uh, weight saving. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to put on because you're in that hole there and then you have a notch in the tail. And when that's lined up, if you're a beginner, it's, you know, you're in, you're on. It's, it's just you're ready to go. So it saves a lot of convenience is what you're saying as well. Yeah, it is. On the, on the descender, I didn't do this because I just figured hanging with so many big mountain gung-ho backcountry freestyler guys, they, I get the feeling that they weren't really like uh, into having, a, having this kind of uh, uh, skin mounting on their boards. So I stayed out of that on the descender. And it doesn't have that long, long nose rocker either as the tree surfer or the, the shortest. So it's like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. It works. <laughs> it well, works. So you, I see you guys got skins. Who you, what company are you guys working with to offer a, I see you I'm, guys, I'm working a package with, I'm working with, yeah, they were, I'm working with Cola. It's an Austrian family company. They are uh, they're building bindings for Burton before and, and, uh, and they are in Innsbruck. I can stop by, talk to them, discuss, check out. So it's it's made in Europe. It's it's good. it's really super good guys. Nice. And they have and I I go with the with a traditional, you know, hot glue, mixed mohair, works and uh, works even when it's really cold. Mm, I think you need to talk more about that. We don't we haven't spoken to anybody that talks about skins or tech or gear yet. That's really important. So do you know much about the skin, like what you're saying, the uh, glue and then mohair. What's mo- what? Mohair. Mohair. I mean, I mean, the, the mohair glides better, but it's not as durable. So I mean, a mix of it is like a bit of best of both worlds. Uh, uh, I'm not an expert either. <laughs> I mean, I listen. I listen to. I listen to clever people, and right. and, uh, and uh, you know, you have two ears and one mouth. I think that's a sign. Agreed. So, right. so, Agreed, so, man. Agreed. So, so uh, uh, talking to people who are like, you know, Northern Sweden, North Scandinavia, who ride high alpine, it could be super cold, like 25, 30 degrees minus. In the morning, somebody say, oh, yeah, uh, that kind of stuff doesn't really work there. And, and that stuff always works. I think, okay, we go for always works. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nice. Well, let's. Um... Before we do that, Chad, I just want to ask uh, real quick um, technology wise on your boards. Oh, yeah. I noticed on the Descender you have what's called the power bumps. Can you oh, yes. kind of cover that a little bit? I mean, basically, it's just uh, one millimeter, around one millimeter uh, 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 opposite side cut at Vinsearch, which just adds. Uh, a co- an extra contact point there, you know, it's not, it's not my attraction. It's not something like I invented, like, uh, 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 it's not rocket science. It's just like, it works. 
And for that kind of board, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't do this on a more sort of traditional board where you want to write do. You know, a board where you really surf carve. Uh, where you want to do that kind of writing, but for this kind of board, it really works. You can really feel it's it's engaging, and you can feel that it's a board which is you can, when you ride this board, you really feel that you can put your board a little bit on edge, so you're not turning tight. You just like you have an edge co- edge contact, and you can go almost straight line and go on the other edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. you can go go fucking warp speed, you know, your shin starts flapping. <laughs> that's 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 the kind of riding that boards are, board are tailored for. Yeah. And for that kind of riding, this kind of technology works super good. But if you're the kind of guy that I am, where you want to like really bend the board and, and, and like tailor a turn uh, exactly like you want to do it, like a tight cutback uh, or let it go, that kind of riding, this sort of uh, wave technology or whatever you call it, is is uh, it's not really one hundred percent according to me. I mean, I know other guys say, "Oh, it's the shiznits," uh, and I I'm it's I'm, a gimmick. Uh, totally Some people think that uh, rock, not rocker, but the uh, magnet traction and. On the bite, like Yes has, is there everything's not everybody, but some people think it's just a, it's just a gimmick, but really it does help ride a lot more. I noticed. No, no, difference. it works. Oh, it yeah, works it definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell, oh, yeah. hell oh, yeah. yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. But I mean, I, I, it's like you know, you have this saying: there is no substitute for cubic inches. Right. And uh, there is no substitute for there is no substitute for edge length. Yes. And 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 like. Uh, I'm not saying like this is the, the one and only true religion. I just say like this is my religion. I swear to edge length. So like the, the shorty, for instance, with all this nose and tail rocker, and you, if you're like you're, you used to ride like a 159, you go on a 164 shorty, and you ride this in trees or like you know tight spots, or turning it on the groomers, you definitely feel wow. This board hands hand her turns like a, a much smaller board, but the edge grip is really there because you have effective edge, and that's like, you know, uh, uh, you can. And I, I see that if you're if you're working with with uh, with edge technology, it's a way to make smaller boards feel bigger, which of course also is cheaper to manufacture. Yeah. Because it's less material and it's less weight to ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, 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 uh, and I know I have so many friends who love it, love riding with, with edge technology, and it, and 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 so I'm I'm not against it. I just say I'm offering something else. Hmm. I definitely want to try one of your boards out. There's no question. I, yeah, uh... you should get out. Are you far from Fernie? Fernie, yeah, somewhere yeah. far. Yeah, I got friends there. I can go stay at their house. Far enough, but yeah. uh, but one day soon we will go out and hook up with Lars, and uh... yeah, you should. I'm I'm if not this COVID thing is rampaging. I'm I'm. We were at uh, uh, Shaper Summit this year. Oh, nice. And uh, I wasn't there, but uh, 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 a U.S. rep was there. Uh, but I'm I want to be there 
you know, if 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 there's no flu going around. Yeah, I so want I want to guys... I want to be there too. Cuz yeah. that'd be a great place to make some more contacts and help this this our podcast expand <laughs> even more with technology and helping people understand yeah, how snow, how snowboards sure. are made. If you, to be able to ride a good board, you got to understand you can it'll change your riding style and the more you know what your what's under your feet. Well, um, and how to make it work. I yeah. mean, how to make that side cut turn radius, how to make how to engage the power bumps, how to use the tail. I mean, I, if you geek out on boards and you start to learn more about that, your board becomes way more fun to ride. Yeah. There's no yeah, question. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I think like if you check uh, uh, the way surf shapers are working, they are like, okay, you, we're going to do a board for pipeline. We're going to do a board for like a big, uh, big, swell. big, big, like yeah. many thing. Yeah. Huge fucking wave. We do uh, <laughs> a, a rhino chaser. Yeah. And and uh, I think snowboarding are getting there slowly. You know, well, there, there was a big that, was a big shift in the mid two thousands when shapes started getting smaller, uh, more psych, uh, kind of in the sense of where you're going, uh, just to get more effective edge on the base. I mean, more base on the snow, but yet with a sl- smaller or uh, distance of a, like, I can't think right now. I'm trying to yeah. hold back a sneeze. Uh, the yeah. length isn't yeah, as long. I mean, the length that, isn't that, as long. That's, but, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. I mean. Uh, if you're riding wet, heavy snow, mm-hmm. and you have a very wide board, you will feel that you have this sort of like the, the snow where you just want to just want to dig you down. Mm-hmm. You get this sort of sliding on top because you have so much snow under your board. This doesn't matter when you're in Japan or you're riding like lower Colorado yeah. uh, snow, but if you're if you're riding in other parts of the world, a longer board will give you the same surface area, but it will it will ride so much better in uh, in heavy snow or you know crust. Yeah, more which control. happens, you know. Sometimes oh, yeah. you ride crust. Oh, you yeah. don't like it, but you need to do it. Well, you just described what it's like in, in the areas mm-hmm. that you go to. Well, yeah, in that two thousand vertical, yeah, where you gotta you gotta ride that stuff at the top that. That dust on crust type of conditions, and then getting down into the powdery stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's how I came up with the nose for the for the tree surfer, uh, which basically is a crust killer. You know, I I I I hiked terrible snow for two two days, riding crust, and it was just like my my balls that wasn't big enough to go <laughs> as fast as I could. Because it was so scary, right? But it's just that shape, the nose shape, is just lifting you mm-hmm. and just crushing the uh, a path in the crust like an icebreaker or something. And uh, so, I mean, most most of the things in Stranda shapes comes from me being a substandard snowboarder trying to cut corners to be able to catch up with the good riders. I love that you. Uh... That you described it as the icebreaker because I was just looking at it and that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was looking at the nose on the tree surfer. Mm-hmm. So I got a question about your splits again. So what yeah. do you guys do different to make? I know people rely on the bindings to keep that, you know, the, the two, it is two snowboards together. So your rigidity yeah. of the board. What do you? What's what's going on? Are the clips good enough that you guys have? You got? I see you got a whale tip 
Wheel clip? Is that what it is? Uh, uh, the, the tip and tail clips of Willie, and the uh, the uh, the hooks are uh, Phantom. Okay. Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. You... Yeah, Phantom Hercules clips, and they I think they are uh, a step forward because they are adjustable, uh, and and they connect really well. They are lightweight, and the good thing is when you skin up. Mm-hmm. There's no like things flopping around or like oh, you know. Oh yes, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, like on other yeah. uh, clips we used before. On my clips, uh, my has got that. So they are they 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 uh, they had we put them on uh, for the for the for the uh, for the 1920 season. We had those on most of our boards. They worked well. Uh, no complaints. Uh, Sorry, one sec, Mads. Dude. Technical difficulties. What happened? Oh, just uh, kidding. It sounded like you flushed, flushed the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, that's about what happened there. Was that the shower or something? Yeah, he's fucking, my buddy's having a shower. I tell him, I text him, please be quiet when you come home. Ay, ay, ay. More editing now. Son of a gun. No worries. <laughs> Fuck. The wife leaves and I got a buddy hang, living here for, well, she's been gone, well, the ex has been gone for a few months now, but. Yeah, yeah. Life is good. Yeah, I mean, so, so basically the, the, the splits are made, I mean, they aren't heavy. The, the descender aren't by far heavy. Uh but not even, I mean, I, we, I experimented with a shorty with really lightweight constructions. And I came up with like, yeah, we can save 300 grams. But on the other hand, if you want to go lightweight, and I know this is growing now, but if, so if you want to go lightweight, get on a hard boot setup. Right. That's where you save weight when you skin up. Absolutely. You have tick, tick toes. And uh, and Dynafit sort of bindings, and and you have your your bindings in the in the backpack. That's where you're saving weight. And I mean, those 300 grams, you just get some snow on your board, and you're like <laughs> half a kilo up or a kilo exactly. or something. Exactly. So, and and have you ever experienced walking in on when you get those holes in the backcountry? And you step on one of those, one of those posts. If you're a 100 kilo guy, uh, like if what's that? Like 220, 30, 40, 50 220. pounds. 220. Yeah, 220. If you're a 220 guy and you're stepping on one, one ski, and you break the ski in the backcountry, you're fucked. Right. So I mean, I want to, I want to, I want to make, I want the boards to last. So I use uh, uh, aluminium tip and tail protectors, uh, and uh, and we have uh, polyamide eleven scratch resistant top sheets. So the splits are made to last, and uh, and and uh, if you want to have something super lightweight, there are other manufacturers who can do that for you. And uh, I just want to I just want to have billboards. Which you can use for many, many years, you know. Yeah, love that idea. I and think, it, and, and I think, and I think that's also a part of when I'm thinking like environmental stuff. Yeah. I think, I think like this. 
the less you produce, the less you consume, the less materials you, you, you use, the better it is for, for this planet. Oh, there's no question. I think like use stuff and repair stuff. That's why I have black bases because I want the boards to be easy to repair. Absolutely. You know, and, it, it's easy faster. to get a nice repair. Yeah, the graphite. And it's faster. Yeah, and graphite. it's faster. Yeah. And they, right, right. So, I mean, that's part of the, uh, like, when I hear, uh, oh, we're using this epoxy, or we're using that, and I'm thinking, yeah, this sticky, glue epoxy we're using in our boards are VOC-free, but they are, uh, they, they come from the uh, mineral oil, of course. But so far, I've had zero delaminations. Oh, that's big. And uh, and uh, because it's so sticky, it 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 induces polymers when when it cures, which also dampens the ride. So I think there's always like when you talk about construction uh, a split board or a snowboard, it's always like, are we going for durability? Are we going for uh, um, uh, good a good ride are we going for uh weight saving it's also also always you have to make decisions you know you could probably make a board which is like 100 percent uh possible to 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 uh, uh, uh recycle okay yeah but how how many years can you ride this how many how many weeks can you ride it before you lose the camber yeah with ash which is ex expensive, more expensive, you get a board which lasts longer. And I think that's, I think that's a big part of where the, uh, where I think as a, like a micro boutique brand guy, a one man show, I can say, guys, we need to produce less. We need to do boards, which, which last longer. And we don't need to change the fucking top sheet every year. Yeah. Because it just puts, puts the pressure on the whole industry to to uh, clear the inventory. Wow, we need to sell out. Mm -hmm. We need to clear. So we will have uh, the, 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 the next, next year's season stuff. model, yeah. which is exactly the same, but just with a different top sheet. Right. That, com <laughs> but that comes down to what we were talking about earlier. That was the industry making it cool. You have to have the newest, greatest, latest thing to sell more products. Uh, I got caught in that in the 90s. Everything I had to get was the next year, next year, next year. What, what, you know, which boots, which bindings, which board. It's got to be next year's. And yeah. yeah, it makes puts more money in their pockets, but it also creates a lot of waste and a lot more boards. And I'm seeing that more and more. A lot of brands are, you know, it'll be the same top sheet, same base, same boots, same bindings for two or three seasons, which allows the, the, uh, the shops to, you know, not take a huge hit the second season. They can actually make money on that binding uh, or that board the second year or the third year with, you know, not saying it's last year's, but it's all the same, right? Yeah, it may have sit here for a bit, but it allows them not to yeah, drop. Yeah, not I, th I, th I think it all makes sense. And, and it's, it's, yeah. it's all, we are, it's, we are already there. Yeah, they're they're all, always like you, like you can see the boots are looking the same two, three years in a row, mm -hmm. which is super good, you know. So I think it's good for, well, it, for the whole industry yeah. and it's good for the environment. Well, it, it'll, it'll bring down manufacturer costs. Like every year you retool, that costs millions of dollars to retool a boot, retool a binding, retool a board. Like that's thousands and thousands of dollars in man hours of designing and building and then prototypes. So when you can cut that out for a while, 
you know, how much more can we push the sport with technology? Now, pretty much it comes down like what you said. It comes down to your, your polymers, your, your epoxies, your fiberglasses and your core. That's, that's what it comes down to now, right? You can change those between the years, but do you have to push that cost back on the consumer? Uh, not really. It can all kind of be in there, right? Yeah, I mean, if, I think it's crazy to see that if you take a snowboard mag from 1999, mm-hmm. you see a Sims for 400 bucks, mm-hmm. and then you go online and you see a, 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 a mid-range board for 400 bucks. Right. There's something really fishy here. How could that happen? Mm-hmm. How could a board be 20 years later, you know, have the same price? Something must have changed inside there, you know. Yeah, Something sponsored, must have just, you know. sponsored riders have come down and, uh, you know, <laughs> they're not paying as yeah, much yeah. money for them anymore, right? Like you need to have yeah, multi- yeah, that, multiple yeah, sponsors yeah. to make your, to have the ability to ride for, you know, ride every yeah. day without oh, having a job. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. The whole industry has shrunk, but there is something uh, fishy when, like my first pair of skis in the 70s, it's like, the, 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 you can get a pair of skis today for the same money, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, yeah. I think we, we must like, you know, bleep, I think everyone has to be like strandas aren't super expensive. We are just like around where the top, top uh, models of the bigger brands are. So we aren't super expensive, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's in the higher part because, you know, if you want to make something with high quality and good, good, uh, warranties, uh, uh, you don't want to do cheap stuff no. because it will break. Exactly. No. And then you're costing more money at the end because you're paying out for manufacturing. Like, even having that board shipped back and forth and doing a, a, a DLAM, that costs money. It costs money in the bottom yeah, line, yeah. right? And then yeah, it costs yeah. money because yeah. your friend said, man, that board there sucks. Look at it, fucking DLAMed, right? Anybody, yeah. you don't want, it's like, it's funny because Cadillac as a brand, they're designed yeah. to break. So they want it to look pretty. They don't want it looking old. It just, it dies. So either it stays good forever or it, it has its shelf life and it's done. Like you don't look around and see old, like in North America, you don't see old Cadillacs driving around anymore because they just, no. they're just meant to die. They want the, they want the yeah. jewelry to look good. And then, uh, yeah, but you still it. see old, you still see, see old Volvos. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Volkswagens yeah. and Volvos, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I mean, Mm-hmm. A big part of Stranda is it takes place in uh, our or my LT31 Swedish built camper van, which is fully winter isolated. I insulated with a propane furnace. Yeah. Uh, that's where I have my sales meeting. That's where I live. And uh, that's how I go, go around, you know, uh, during wintertime here in Europe. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of my. Is plan. that the is that the same one that used to be on the hats? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. fucking beautiful. Hey, can I? I so, want to ask you a question. We talked about board construction and materials and all that good stuff, but I want to ask real just real quick about the the top sheets and the graphics. Like, the, it looks very surf inspired to me, and yeah. I, and I love the simplicity of it all. I really do. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it is. It's surf inspired. I mean. Uh, I I I uh, I love just walking around, uh, and uh, when I'm like south of Los Angeles, just go in and check out uh, 
what what the small custom guys are doing and the good glassers and you know the 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 the, the, the gloss and the the depth and that's you know like on the on the trees tree the bamboo top sheet because mm-hmm. on the solid ones we have bamboo top sheet yeah. there's nine layers of of uh, water based lacquer which is hand polished so that creates like this 3D depth so first there's like two layers oh. of of gloss lacquer and then they print the 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 design mm-hmm. into the bamboo right and then it's pressed and then it's it's glassed again uh, again for several times polished oh. to get the china so what so, do you, what's uh, your process for that like what do you guys do cuz i know i know i've watched I've built snowboards back in the '90s, and really, the top sheet comes. It's just a piece of plastic, you know. It comes. Yeah, in, I mean, it's actually, it's actually the same. It's not it's, instead of a piece of plastic, it's a p- piece of zero four uh, bamboo veneer. Okay. Yeah, so it's no difference. It's exactly the same layup, but the bamboo also, by testing a prototype with a bamboo or uh, uh, a plastic top. It, it's it's you can't really evaluate it without having the same material because the bam, bamboo adds uh, a, 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 it doesn't really affect the flex so much as it it affects the sort of calmness you know the, uh, the rigidity vibration the, dampening the, 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 the saying, it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's, um, it's uh, and I and I really like you know using as much organic material as possible. Well, the bamboo will absorb all that, that chatter is what it does. It, it yeah. Holds it because yeah, it's a yeah, very, yeah. the tensile yeah. strength, again, the tensile strength of a bamboo is insane uh, yeah. compared uh, to your regular that's, wood. That's, it's, it's actually too stiff. Yeah. <laughs> bamboo, bamboo is uh, <coughs> it's really like not the best material to use more than like, you know, parts or, mm-hmm. or like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, you, if you, the the materials give so, like, the the way the the descender, for instance, flexes. Uh, if you just bend it, you know, you say you put twenty kilo weight in the center and you and you and you 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 decamber it. Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, this is decambering X amount of millimeters. Right. And then you do the same with another core. Okay, it's okay. So this board is they are have the same stiffness, but then you go ride it. You will feel that, oh, this board feels much stiffer. Oh, this feels like bendier. You know, it's like it's like the materials also have different like bending properties. You know, they they bend in different in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny you say that because I was we were they're they're bringing out snowboards in the uh, in, in Grand Prairie here. The, the the shops are bringing the snowboards back out because winter's coming, and I grabbed the snowboard. Uh, with my son at the shop here and I just lean into it really hard. He said, you're going to break it. I'm like, no man. Like, and I turn the boards upside down and I push on the tail, uh, to get that, to get the flat and everything out. Cause I want to see how stiff that thing is. Right. And you know, I, I've, I've seen boards almost bending in half and nowadays they're getting stronger and stronger. They can take a lot of abuse before they break. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you lift up a board from the nineties, they are so heavy. Oh yeah. And they're so stiff and you're wondering, what the fuck are they using in here? Yeah, you know, yeah. are they are they loaded with lead? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it's just crazy. Well, they were trying to do uh, they were trying to do what you were saying. They're trying to make a board that lasts long, doesn't break, doesn't fall apart on the hill, but 
is stiffer, stronger, and they just didn't have the technology with the tech, with the, you know, the polymers and the fiberglasses. So they just triple glasses and different layers and all kinds of epoxies and heavier wood. And yeah, that's what was going on, right? Just testing. Everything was testing. Yeah. Yeah. Foam core. My second board was a foam core um, board. And when I waxed it, I just talked about it in the last episode, I waxed the living hell out of it. I had the, the, heat, the iron way too hot. And because of that, the inserts kind of pushed up because it was foam injected, right? So they've got their wow. their wood stringers and they foam inject it and then they cut everything out with the, with the, uh, the bandsaw, right? So, wow. yeah, like those, the technology has changed. Again, those are pumping out quick, easy boards, making money, getting it done, not worried about what's going to happen in five years or 10 years with it. You couldn't turn, you know, you didn't know any, I didn't know any better. I wanted to just hit big jumps and wreck myself where now I know how to turn. I learned, learned how to turn, learned how to carve, way better and that's what, kind of what I do I'm exactly what you said I, I'd like to try a set of hard boots with an alpine board just because I, I feel it's going to push my riding to that next level you know what I mean you go I mean the, th- the thing I think the thing the thing with us who started out in hard boots mm. and and uh, and you see how those guys ride now when they free ride yeah uh, you can see that they uh, have another type of board control because when you are in hard boots with sort of with stiff bindings, you you get it like you you really have to be precise. Yes. But when you are precise, you're so much reward rewarded. So I mean, if you just spend two weeks in a hard boot setup and you don't give up, you when you will transition back to your soft boot setup, you will be a much better rider. I agree. Average because your edge control. Uh, your body positioning, your weight transfer, everything will be so much more sort of, you know, tuned in. Yeah. As for when you're riding in soft boots, even the stiffest kind of soft boots, you have still so much leeway yeah. to do stupid shit Wipe with out. your body, yep. which upsets your uh, your uh, your edge. Yeah, you're you know? your trans- transferring of weight. I find also your mi- muscle memory will change as well. Your brain will figure out how to get that carve deeper um, from hard boots. And then you, when you transfer back into soft boots, your body's going to want to take you back into that deep carve. That's kind of yeah. What I mean, I mean, uh, Nik- Nicholas Volk- Volkin at Karua, for instance, he's an old racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy Jones is an old racer. Oh yeah. Uh, Xavier de la Rue. I mean, they they all border cross i mean yep. i i i think i think uh, uh, winter stick also seth westcott two-time gold yeah, yeah, yeah. he's changing yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's changing uh he's, he's putting them in a new direction i don't think people really understand kind of the technology he's putting into them because of his experience with the snowboard yeah. either yeah and that's yeah. good and it forces the whole market to change that's and that's fantastic you're not just riding a plank down the road down there down the hill anymore you're actually riding a piece of technology that'll help you carve turn have a good day driving mm-hmm. yeah 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 I, I, and i think i think that i think the the way it's going now is also that uh the the you will see i was i think you will see like four five six brands will be growing the last couple of years in a healthy way, right. not being like the next Burton or like that kind of thing. Well, Just even, growing, yeah. selling hard goods, you know, yeah. not selling T-shirts and and uh, and and soft goods and and uh, and like technical outwear. Uh, 
because there the market for 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 uh, what what like winter stick are doing or you know are are uh, are uh, uh, are there, but it's not big enough no. for the big guys to cater for it. It's and it's going to grow, but it's never going to be super big, and it's also going to be like. I live here. I would. I need this kind of board, which is totally uninteresting for uh, a shaper or a snowboard company who are based like in Japan mm-hmm. or in Colorado or you know what I mean, or, or and vice versa. So I think, I think uh, uh, it's also. I mean, with a split board thing, you have guys taking creating fantastic lightweight split boards, custom made stuff, super expensive. Made like they fold in, like this, this guy in France, Phoenix, who makes split boards. They're like two thousand bucks or more, Oof. and he can make everything for you. They're lightweight, and they split in in like Solomon have this thing where you can split the center section in two more parts. He's been doing that way before Solomon. Those kind of boards, he has his his uh, his uh, customers, you know. So it's it's like. Uh, you, you base it's the, the snowboard market is maturing. The snowboarders are getting older, and they have money, and they are looking for quality, and exactly. they're looking for certain kind of boards for certain kind of riding. Yep. And maybe they have like they're building a quiver. Absolutely. Now they have two boards. Yeah. Next year they have, have three boards. Yeah. Next year they have six boards. And, uh, and then your your uh, wife is asking you, know, you, why do you need so many snowboards? Snowboards a snowboard. And like, no, lady, it's not. <laughs> you can't go hunting. I heard, su- My- I heard such a funny story. There's this guy, a friend of a friend of a friend of mine. He's buying a new custom board every year, mm-hmm. and he's telling the shaper, "I want the same top sheet." So his wife thinks he's riding the same board. He's on his seventh board, seventh <laughs> like fifteen hundred bucks board. <laughs> That's awesome. I that love it. Awesome. <laughs> So how many days a year do you get out splitboarding personally? Uh, like if you're talking days, yeah. say 15 to 20 or something. Yeah, you're busy pushing your line as well, right? So, I mean, uh, it's like the end of a season. Mm-hmm. I usually try to cram in a week where I camp uh, on the high, high altitude glaciers in Austria. Kaunatal has been one of my favorites. So I can camp on 2,700 700 meters. I don't know what that is in feet, but it's you know it's it's pretty high up. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I then spring later in May, I go to Riksgrensen, where uh, we have this banked slalom. Nice. So uh, like 400 snowboarders there for a weekend. I spend like two weeks where uh, splitboarding, and uh, it's above the polar circle. The sun doesn't go down. This year, <laughs> I was more or less alone because of the COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, it was it was surreal. I was riding lift assisted powder in seventeenth of May, blower snow, no one where. Say you were twenty people Dang. in the whole system. Holy you know, shit. Wow. And you have this like there is no pieces there. You know, you have this like more or less like just small strips to so people with rental skis can come down. Yeah, but it's basically it's just a, a free ride place. Uh, so uh, uh, 
I, I, I try to do as much split boarding as I can, but I, I, I also enjoy, you know, my, my, my drug carving the groomers. Yeah, that's what I call it. Also, your snowboarding becomes I, a drug. I, yeah, I need my fix. Yeah, you know, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> pulling, pulling the G's. I like to be on the edge of wiping out. I tell my son that all the time we go riding. I'm like, I like to ride as fast as I can, so I'm just about to crash. Right. Like, yeah. Like that board is chattering. My feet are like I'm just scared shitless. And yeah. And when I, especially when I'm at a resort, I make the best out of it. I try to go top to bottoms, like some larger resorts. Just, just go fast. Yeah. I, I'm more like I try to cram in as many carves as I can, so I don't need to clean my armpit in the morning. I can do it by carving. <laughs> See, and you, I haven't. Your gotten, jacket's wearing out on the sleeve. I've been so. trying to get down lower and lower. I think I think you just hit the nail on the hammer or the a little, little, little hammer on the head. I don't even. I can't even think of it. The hit French the nail is, on the head. My French Polish is sticking into my head here, and I'm losing my brains. But I mean, the thing is, I think hard boots. If you really want it, if you want it, really want to want to progress your carving, yeah. Get on a longer board, yeah. Because then you have so much edge hold mm-hmm. that you can't skid, right? And you will just like, you will just be carving because yeah. if you try to speed check, you will be drained, you yes. know, from trying to control that big fucking, yeah. you know, <laughs> board you're on. Yeah, at five. I'm only what 170 centimeters, so five foot six area, and uh, I I used to ride a 56 all the time. Now I'm getting smaller and smaller boards, but. I do need to get something with a longer, longer uh, radius, longer side cut, uh, a longer board to go faster in the resorts. I just picked up a 56 board, uh, a Burton this year for a uh, solid because it was on sale during yeah. COVID. But I'm looking forward to getting out and riding it, but I definitely want to go into some bigger boards that have a tighter waist. And uh, we're going to be looking at getting some phantom boots setups here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and slipper. The slipper. The slipper, yeah. yeah. And I might put, I'm yeah. going to probably put them on the solid board and give that a whirl as well. Um, as long as I can use it. I think they've yeah. got a little I've, conversion I've, kit. I heard there, I heard they are a bit soft for, for really like riding groomers. It's, it's more, it's more tailored for be the perfect well, split setup, I think. That's what the or link, am I wrong? Well, the link lever allows you to tighten up. It's like a, the link lever goes in the back of your boot. It kind of acts like your forward lean, but it also tightens up the boot. So if you want to have it looser, yeah. you use your link lever on the back of their boot, which allows you to do that to have that softer or harder feel as well. Is my right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. that's only yeah. for your forward flex. Oh, so well, that, just, that still it, makes a huge difference, though. Yeah, but it but laterally, the link lever. Do, I don't think the link no, lever does anything. To, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. They, yeah. They're, they're pretty tight. I mean, there are, there are so many good soft boots now, like oh, yeah. who are good, who are really like lightweight and stuff. I I use for. But the ride in Sano, which is low, really ro- low weight, double boa. People hate boa. I like boa, and uh, and uh, it's just stiff as hell if you want to. Yeah. You know, plastic tongue, but you can let it loosen That's it up key. a bit yeah. and ride powder. And it's it's. I like the adjustability of that uh, uh, of that boot. I think it's pretty similar to one of the high end K2 boots. Nice. As yeah. well, I think. I rock a Burton uh, Tourist now. I've been riding that for two, three yeah. seasons now. And it's yeah. it's stiff. But again, I, I f- first got on, I'm used to riding a, a softer boot, which I stiffen up when I ride POW. Sometimes or resort yeah. riding, depends on what's going on. But with this boot, I can, I, I loosen the tongue a lot more, like the bottom section of the board, of the boot. Because these are like the power, the, the, the strings only. Yeah. I, think it's, I don't know what it's called again. I yeah. can't remember. But yeah. And yeah, I, I, I found I mean, that. That's, I that's another thing that we, we can, what we can geek out about. Oh, I know. Boots. That's like boot fitting. <laughs> I you know, know, I, I, know. I 
I mean, like the first thing I did with a ride was, was throwing out the, t- the, 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 the liners yeah. because they just like flimsy sucked and put in a pair of uh, uh, thermo, uh, thicker thermo liners. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the fit and the, and the uh, stiffness was like upped. Big time. You know, yeah. Considerably. Yeah. Well, the style and of riding custom, you like to do, you definitely need that. Foot, custom footbeds. I mean, like boot fitting for snowboarders. I think, I think that's more important, uh, especially when you're spending like a full day split boarding. No question. You really want something where you get some support and comfort. and uh, and comfort. You yeah. know, and keep, and at the same time keep the weight down. Yeah, I agree. Very good. I think we can end hey, it here. Uh, well, want, oh, no, well, no oh. before we end, I just wanted to ask you about your manufacturing, um, oh. you know, where your facility is. And, uh, oh, and- yeah. I mean, I, I, we're doing all our manufacturing. We do some, some uh, occasional um, uh, uh, prototyping here in Sweden, but we manufacture a GP87. It's an American-made bone factory. We're running two guys, Ben and Dan, in uh, China. So they are Chinese-made. Okay. Yeah. Well, now, now, Which, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I met those guys at the fair for, at the same time, I, I decided to start out. And, uh, and, uh, they have, they have really a passion. They are on the floor. They are there and they manufacture under 20,000 units a year. So they are like, you know, they are just, step up from being from being more or less a workshop to a factory so they they that's why i can manufacture my the course of stranda which are based around ash is glued for me for my models before they start every run so everything is like handmade as we say with machines because they use cnc machines as well but everything is is uh is uh, bespoke for Stranda. There is no, like, it's come to here in Europe now is that the the the, the, tri- the cores are made in, at one factory and profiled there, sent over. The edges are bent and pre-made at one factory and sent over. So you get this sort of assembly thing where you're not really creating uh, from, like, Stacking the lumber, doing the cores, milling them, profiling everything, and and make a board, and and uh, so I think uh, I f- I have a hard time finding a better way to produce at the moment at an affordable price because that's also the other thing you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You need to have a you need to have a price where. You're not like over the top. It's still a snowboard. Good quality, a fair price. I've, I, that's where I try to be with my boards. Yeah, love that. Love that. Hey, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Matt, in your line, new is it new for this season, the women's boards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so stoked for this. I've been around. I do two big split board test weekends in the Alps. I've been doing that for three seasons. And I'm so uh, embarrassed every time 
the ladies comes around and right. yeah, you have anything for me? And I said, yeah, I have a 164. And they just look at me. Yeah. Mm? <laughs> yes. And it's like, yeah. So I'm so stoked to being able to uh, offer the, the, the new Descender as a 152 for starts and the, the shorty as well. Uh, and I, I really wanted to, to uh, uh, like, where, where I see most of, I would say, 90% of my thinking now goes into free ride and split boarding. And that's really where Stranda is at the moment. It started with carving, but it's just like in the DNA of the boards, but they are free ride, free ride shapes through and through. That's where, that's where I'm at now. Nice. Very nice. Beautiful. What else? What else? Is there anything else that we can expect new from Stranda in the near future? Or? Yeah, me having more time riding, hanging out, and not uh, spending uh, my whole year with R&D and design and, and production. So uh, I think if you look at, this, at Stranda now, you will see that we have a pretty, like, we have three different free ride shapes now. One swallowtail fish, sort of. We have a uh, sort of twin tippy directional free ride descender. And we have a shorty, which is like a Swiss knife board. And so they are the round tail. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say, round tail. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, we're pretty covered now in in like covering the basis of, of good free ride shapes and uh, adding the bow rider. So I think, which is not a split, but we, you know, free ride shapes. So now I feel that I have the time to fine tune stuff, but most of all, hanging out and and uh, and riding and uh, and uh, meeting people. So yeah, that's, that's that's where key. what what I'm looking forward to. Having we get rid of this COVID nineteen thing, so I can travel Fuck, to North yes. America and go ride with you guys. Exactly. Exactly. Love no, it. We want to come there. Well, yeah, we want to do that too. What doesn't mean we can't yeah. meet up with them twice, right? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Hey, no problem. Uh, make a calendar, make a make a, a marking calendar for mid-May, and then you come over to Riksgrensen. Fuck yes. Above a polar circle, there is no polar bears, so it's totally safe. <laughs> Perfect. They're, they're, they're leaving. <laughs> Hey, uh, so so it's funny because you said you want to take some time away from R and D and just ride, but really, when you're riding, it's still R and D, right? Yeah. Because you're still feeling things out. How can you push the sport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, it is. But but uh, uh, at, I like I I have I I have two partners in this this venture. They are not active, but they are uh, uh, sometimes taking part in stuff. And they are they were they are so they were so frustrated in the start because they had so many boards to choose from, you know. Mm. Oh, which board should I take? Right. You know. Right. That's that's like that's the pain of having, <laughs> and that's the thing. If you're not develop, if you're not really active, actively developing anything, you can just enjoy yourself. I'm just going to ride this board, rest of the winter, because this is my board. This is the board I'm going to ride. So that's that's how I want to spend the this winter. I love it. Hey, I just want to ask about one more thing in the line. Chad's looking at me like, dude, what? That's okay. No, that's good. I'm just I'm Content's looking at your good, your board lineup, and you have a limited edition board this year. Can you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we have the we have the 
we have the high, which is basically just the far out top sheet on uh, on the bow rider shape. Uh, I just made ten of those guys. Comes with a little with a little uh, with a little comfy soft uh, uh, board sock. Uh, and then I have the the, the shorty black, which yeah. is an all black. I like that one. Uh, all black matte black uh, version of a shorty comes just in one sixty four and one sixty nine. So uh, it's uh, go big or go home. Not too big for uh, me. <laughs> limited edition. But I mean, the the high gives you a special vibe when you ride it. You know, you look down there and you you get into this like. Whoa! I seen you I, post that thing on your Instagram. That was pretty good. Talking about the uh, the surfer influence, man. That totally. Tom sheet, definitely. Yeah, totally. That's sweet. So I mean, it's 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 the bull rider is really and the high. It's it's like a it's like a soul turn board. You know, you can just go in like in in a mellow slope and just do nice turns. You no, know, listen to your music, or or ride. It rides, it rides powder amazing with that short board, short tail, setback, nose rocker, big, big nose. Uh, it's uh, even when you're like having just like a dusting with that board, uh, you know, when you have ice and then you have like 15 centimeters of, of, of uh, Fresh. Uh, soft on top, okay. it could get really sketchy sometimes, oh, but yeah. you know, you can just enjoy yourself. It's, it's just a very like good old guy sport, you know. <laughs> oh, it's perfect for me. It's the demographic. Yeah. That well, you're yeah. buying yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I had a uh, the highest really attracted a new kind of customer, you know, like uh, West Coast surfer dudes in their seventies has uh, been really into this <laughs> LSD kind oh, of okay, I'm not that old. Design. <laughs> yeah, but that's so I have, inspiring. I have several. It is. I have several long, long uh, uh, discussions on Messenger with, with a couple of guys, uh, surfer dudes, where I guess, you know, around 70 something who, who, who really likes it. I fucking love it, man. I want that board. I think I have four left. So. Oh, fuck. Holy shit. <laughs> That's good. Beautiful. Hey, um, fuck. What? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. The uh, I love in your uh, in the categories when you're in your details about the boards. I love that you have that soul turns category in there. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's like when you're asking me about uh, the board tech and the 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 power bumps of a descender, and when we're we're going over to the. Uh, I mean, carving is riding a board on the edge. Yeah, and then you have like. Soul turns where you in powder or in car or in the groomers, you just turn the board the way you want it. You know, that's the soul turn. You know, you just like in the flow. Nice. And I then like you that. want a board which goes with your flow. That's the way riding the tree surfer has the same kind of riding like the bow rider. I mean, it's just like so relaxed and so. Like nice vibe bubbles, you know, riding a super tight, t- steep tree run with a tree surfer in in in, in in January, and I mean, it was so sort of outerworldly, nice, you know. 
I can't explain it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. were just in, I was in the zone. I can't, I guess, sorry. I'm go. No, that's was, good. That's great. In the zone. That's Perfect. Good. I like it. I like it. And I love the passion. I love that you're, I love Fuck your yeah. energy and your passion about snowboarding, about your brand, about pushing snowboarding as a, as a whole. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait I, to meet you, you in person as well and hang out. Yeah. And I got to say, you didn't disappoint at all for me because you no, are man. exactly who I thought you were going to be just um, from looking at your profile on Instagram and, and, and your website for your boards. You are the man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's good. It's good. So I'm so happy you guys wanted me on, you know. Oh, we're, I'm, we're happy to take the just time. A, just like a, 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 one of the world's smallest snowboard brands from fucking far away on the other side of the earth. <laughs> you well, are, but you're touching this side heavy because I can see on your Instagram that you love the West Coast of the United States, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, of the, course I do. You love the riding. And, of course, we got to you, like we learned of you through Matt Haynes. You know, and talking to Matt Haynes, and he yeah, introduced yeah, he, us to Stranded. Great guy. Yeah, he's oh, fucking he's stellar. Yeah. 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 He's definitely uh, a trooper. He, he's, he's got a he, – that guy, Matt, Matt he's, got a, he's got a passion. I mean, he's got a passion. Oh, big time. There's no question. No question. He's, he's, he's uh, putting so much energy into his riding and his lifestyle. But it's, it's – uh, I mean – it's. I, I think the, we we need more of those kind of guys. Yeah. If anybody hasn't really listened, like, to, if anybody hasn't listened to his podcast, it's uh, definitely worth listening to. He calls himself an, a fitness nerd, and man, when he's telling us, "Yeah, I've already put two thousand kilometers on my bike this year." This was back in like mid August. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like, <laughs> I don't think I've walked that far. Like it's <laughs> insane. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely fit. He's definitely out there having fun. And he sent us a great video of him, a selfie video of him ripping around a skateboard in the pools and in the northern van and it's just he's a snowboarder that's at heart and that's beautiful I'm glad you guys hooked up and he's got he's an ambassador for you guys because that's definitely what promotes your brand yeah 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 I mean, we, we're gonna we're gonna produce try to produce some good good uh good good split board content this winter because i think there's uh we made it i made i made a split board guide buying guide for like beginners on stranda and I want to dive deep in this because I was, it's more and more people. I think everyone in the industry need to educate people yep. about safety, about technique, yep. how to skin without losing too much energy. There's so much yep. uh, stuff to do here. And, and, and I think Matty can contribute uh, a lot to, 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 to spread and heighten the level. I think that's, that's, uh, that's where, I mean, Free riding, that's where, and splitboarding, that's where snowboarding is going to grow, yep. you know, the next couple of years. It's, We've, it's uh, and I, I so feel that it's not going to be that 90s no. trend thing, no. you know. No, oh, no, I no, snowboard no. because it's cool. No. It's, I snowboard because I love to board. Yeah. I love to be out in the mountains. Yeah. And what, what? And I think that's, that's where snowboarding are differing so much from skiing. I think where skiing are now, as, apart from the free ride scene, but the commercial big resort skiing is just fucking. It's it just deserves to die, you know, die. Here, here, these, <laughs> fucking like, here, indoor, here. I'm, you you're in those indoor, love you, man. Indoor six seater yep. chairlifts yep. where you have like heated, heat up your fucking ass. <laughs> you have like you have walking pavement, pavements. Yeah. 
I agree. Hundred percent. Skiing and, has uh, peaked. And, yes, I mean it's like it's 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 uh, they have a huge problem now also because the kids aren't into skiing. No, you know. What should they do? Well, they don't want to be on the mountain, you know. No, they want to play video I'll games. Think, yeah, they want to play video games. And mm. I say, fuck that. We're not interested in what the kids do. We're interested in having fun on the mountain together with like-minded. Yeah. And I think when you're when you're getting that energy together, people want to be there. Yeah. You know, people want to be there exactly. because it's full of energy, and and that's where. That's where splitboarding and free riding and and into a minor part carving as well is now, you know. Yeah. It's so much innovation like like Phantom, for instance. Uh there's so much in, innovation going down. Mm-hmm. It's just lack of money. There's so many which brands hinders are doing that uh, too. splitboarding from advancing. You know, if if like for hard boots, if if one of the big companies were interested in pouring some money into you know doing some new molds and stuff uh we could have like much better snowboard boots yeah that's agreed. the only thing i think really hindering progress now both for splitboarding and free riding yeah. and carving is that the boots are still too much oh it doesn't look cool yeah it needs to look like a snowboard boot yeah but what says i mean it's like the guys who telemark they aren't riding in fucking leather boots anymore because right. the, the plastic boot was much better. Yeah. But the snowboard is like, oh, I can't ride uh, uh, duck stance with like a 70 centimeters wide stance. That's I not mean, even you, snowboarding, you, know, you had man. that period. You had that period, nah. you know, when you were like almost out of the yeah. tips. And and I think that's, we, we, but there is no money there for, for the for the industry, but if there was money, that could really elevate the splitboarding scene if we had like, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what it is, but Phantom with their sock is probably in the right direction, but you know, some really specific mold needs mm-hmm. to be done to do a big, yeah, a great splitboard free ride boot. Yeah, they're working on that right now. What's funny, you, you brought up the whole duck stance thing and I, I agree i watch people ride in pow at the resort we go to here in powder king in bc northern bc and their stance is all wrong and they're hating the day in the pow and i'm like man first of all you're riding a twin it's you know you, you got your duck stance still the same thing as your and they don't even know how to carve so you, you gotta learn to carve before you can learn to ride pow right that's just how I think. And watching people, you, you got to change your stance. And I think splitboarding is going to create, a, is creating a lot of that that knowledge and education that you need to play with your stance. You got to try it out. Go ride pow. You know the, the yeah. The, I mean, the, I'm not I'm not against duck stance in any way. I mean, I like if you have six nine or whatever you want on your 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 uh, mm-hmm. your uh, your back foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I'm not against it. No, neither am I. Uh, but but I mean if I if I meet if I have a, if I if someone hands me a board, and I see that okay here is like the center insert like center center of inserts, probably around here, is where the guy who constructed this board was imagining is like the the the, the best starting point to ride this board. Oh. So I'm not gonna move out to the outer inserts of the board. Because I would probably not push the board the way I'm supposed to do. It would probably feel like a much bigger board or 
you know, doesn't like translate to the shape of it. Absolutely. So, I really have, when when you're out on demos and guys come, I ride, I ride this, and mm-hmm. I say, yeah, but the center is 56 centimeters, and you can go wider. It's no problem, but if you move all the way out, I don't have inserts enough for you. It's not made for that kind of riding. Right. Okay. So it's just a decision, you know, like, like, uh, go on the Japanese board. Some of them are like, you know, ridiculously tight stances, but they are made to be ridden like that. It's another kind of riding and you have to, you have to adapt to that or you have to stay out of it and ride your, your like park twin tip. Right. I didn't even thought about that. You just blew my mind. That's a whole other ball of wax and, and thought process right there. Because I always push, I've always ridden directional boards. I always push them back even more or, you know, depending, of course, the terrain or where I'm going, if it's a groomed area or pow, everything changes, right? But I never thought about it. Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm on a, on a, on a more or less uh, true twin and I, I'm going to ride powder, I will for sure move my bindings back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would be impossible to ride. No, but if you have a directional reading. board and you have, and you have like it's it's a short directional board with a tight side tight stance on it, I would never go super wide on it because I'm not going to push the center of a board, so I won't decamber it, so it won't turn tight. It will feel like a much wider board, not turning. You know what I mean? Absolutely, if I, go tighter, I do. It will. I will pre- push. I would push. I put my energy in the center. I would decamber the board and yeah. do a nicer, uh, and everything in between. And 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 uh, and, uh, and a really like seasoned snowboarder can use this for his advantage, of course. But average, it's interesting. I think you should see like if you if you order sushi, you don't put fucking ketchup on it. <laughs> no, you put wasabi on it like a motherfucker, like I do. Exactly. Oh, I had a full bowl of uh, like caviar, like uh, yeah. you, you know, Rome from from uh, you know, what you call it from fish they eat in Japan. Yeah, the eggs. Yeah, with rice. Yeah, and I was sitting with a whole group of Japanese guys, and I I asked them, "Where is the ketchup?" I was just joking should have seen their faces it's like <laughs> eyeballs come out of their head confusion what yeah. the fuck is he talking yeah. about ketchup yeah that's how that's how i feel when people want to ride super mm-hmm. wide mm-hmm. extreme duck stance on my boards yeah you're not going you're not following what the board was built for you're not following the lines of the board you're not following where the center of the side cut is yeah i get it that's well it's it's all consumer education though right because yeah. a lot of people just don't fucking know or they're and, or they're trying to follow what they saw in the magazine magazine the rider in yeah. the video right and and what's what yeah i mean if you if you if you admire a, a rider who has a certain style and you know his stance because he has told you that in 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 a, in a snowboard magazine or something, and you can't just you can't just uh, copy it. Put this over yeah. co- copy because you 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 may be like I have super I have short legs and a long back, so of course I can't ride with a super wide stance. It doesn't really fit me. Yeah. You have to take everything into absolutely considerations when you uh, decide on how you uh, how you set your board up. Yeah. And preferably you start with 
a board which fits you. Right. Like I heard Seth Westcott, he 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 he, he like he couldn't find a board wide enough, and he was a heavy guy, so he was breaking the boards. Yeah. Oh yeah, over and over and over again. That yeah. sums it up. That sums it up. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, and what what this what you're talking about this whole conversation about educating the consumer. Um, we started another web uh, Instagram page. It's called darkstarts.media. And the darkstarts.media yep. is going to be set up for exactly what you're saying. We're going to get content yep. from manufacturers, from our guests, their riders, how to do a turn, how to do, how to you know, take your skins off, how to take care of all the little facets that people don't know and educate. And then in that area, we want all of our listeners to start. I'm going to have a website, an email address. I want everybody to start sending us content so that we, we can highlight someone's, you know, snowboarding day or their I, pictures. I'm, and, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Just pitch me whatever you want and I can uh, I can do something for you. Yeah. You know, tailored. I can tailor. Perfect. I mean, yeah. I when I'm out traveling, I yap, yap, yap on uh, Instagram. Uh, the uh, what do you call it? Up there, uh, be uh, the story where you can uh, story. Yeah, yeah. I do stories all the time. Yeah, yeah. and um, so I, what, have, what uh, I've if, I, if you want something, I can do it for what, you. Yeah, what I've learned from the stories, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit tech here. Is that, is that from Instagram? I've learned how to kind of read what's going on. I find that we get a lot more views on posts versus the story. Um, and that's kind of what we have to look at. I know we post, we post lots of story stuff, but people kind of skim through that. And uh, that's why with the new side, we, we don't want to pollute our podcast episode or uh, Instagram with education. We want to keep that on the other side so that way the content is clean. People know where to go to learn a, tr- a trick tip. Oh shit, I want to learn how to do this today or this may help me out. And right, the, the guests might talk about on the podcast and it's going to be in that area to really educate the people even more. In the dot media Instagram. The dot media Instagram. As opposed to our regular dot podcast. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've evolved quickly enough here. It's pretty wild. We're super grateful for the, everybody who's listening and all the feedback and please keep sending us more feedback on Instagram and, you know, we're going to expand out into other social medias as well, you know, in, in time here. But, uh, and we're yeah. super stoked to work with companies like yourself that really love snowboarding and guys like you who are super passionate uh, I think we could probably do this for about four hours talking shit about snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 need to cut this now. I agree. We need to cut this now. It's it's getting too much. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to go snowboarding? Uh, yeah, I want to go snowboarding. Exactly. I, 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 my my plan is to be on snow ninth of October because that's the opening of the Kaunatal Glacier. It's the thirty five opening for snowboarders. Uh, and I pray to God that the, the snow will be there, so it's not just green ice. Yeah. And mm. that the COVID-19 won't uh, close it down. Yeah, we're in the next level. Well, the geese are flying here in Ontario, in Canada, in Alberta, where we are. They're flying. They're moving. That usually means they're leaving the north. That means the snow is flying. That's good. That's, That's a good, good sign. It's a good sign. Summer's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer's over for us. We didn't have a summer here. But, no, uh, we had a good summer. Oh, good I love, I love yeah, guys, dude, don't you love the time of year when you go out one morning? And you can just, oh, it's the smell of snow. There is no snow there, but you can just. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. You know what, you know what smell? Yeah. It's something. Yeah. I, get, I got a collarbone, a busted collarbone that I did that, what I was talking about earlier with the snowboard, the rigidity effect. I, my collarbone still messed up to this day. And I can tell when the snow is coming. The barometer, 
the barometric pressure yeah, yeah, yeah. changes and I'm like, oh fuck, snow's coming. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> the weather beacon's in my shoulders. I got it. Hey, send, send me a message when your weather beacon is. <laughs> well, we're in different parts of the world, though. It doesn't work for that. I get on a plane. I get on a plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Trust me. We'll <laughs> yeah. make sure that happens. So hey, guys, where, where can people nice where can people find you on, on uh, socials and on uh, the internet? Uh, Stranda Snowboards. Okay. Stranda Snowboards. We're on Instagram. Stranda Snowboards. We're on Facebook. Okay. Uh, I would say we are. I'm, I'm, I'm active on Instagram. Perfect. Facebook is like I'm there. You can yeah. chat. Yeah. Uh, we have customer service. Perfect. We are messenger. Perfect. Uh, but Instagram, we are also on uh, YouTube, uh, where you can find some uh, videos, some and, uh, yeah. videos, some reviews of the of the boards. Perfect. Different board shapes. Perfect. And strandasnowboards.com. Perfect. That's where we are. Perfect. Strandasnowboards.com. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was fantastic. I got super pumped listening to your board. I definitely want to give them, give these things a try. Uh, the shapes yeah, really, sure. really, really intrigued me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we could probably send some boards over, you know, from from uh, from yeah. BC. Yeah. Uh, give them for, a whirl for, for a week or two. To yeah, test. to demo yeah, yeah, them out. No oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. yeah. No problem. Yeah. That'd thank you very much for having me. You rock, Matt. Thanks yeah. for joining awesome. us. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to Matt for taking the time to talk with us. As always, you can learn more about Matt's and Stranda in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at darkstarts.podcast to find out when our next episodes are dropping and to share your awesome pics and vids. Make sure to tune in for our next episode where we talk with legendary rider and one of the founders of Yes Snowboards, DCP. We'd love to give a special shout out to Scott Martin of Groundswell Marketing Podcast and Pat Cornway for helping to make all of this happen. Peace.